he Brian sent me this like real like beautiful reel of Yosemite <coughs> and all the pretty hikes and stuff. And I'm like, oh, like maybe he's gonna want to go. And he's like, you should you should go with Nicole. <laughs> literally, we ha- have we like now, literally sent me that. I was like, you should go with Nicole. A list of like places we so can go together yeah. and places only me and Brooke can go. And it's like <laughs> that's amazing. I'm like they don't intersect at all. So it's basically, like, now <laughs> me and Brooke really are partners. You know, <laughs> and Brian's decided he's only on call for the ocean trips. I literally was like, didn't y'all go to Costa Rica? He was like peeing off of that infinity pool and he was fine. <laughs> it was on a cliff. Like, I, th- I, this is something. I'm telling something's you, something, up. something must click in your head when you get old, when you're like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking die. I'm just going to die. <laughs> Seriously, he's like, I've never had this fear before. Your mortality is <laughs> so real. <laughs> he's like, the odds are already against me. Yeah, for sure. He's like, my hair didn't survive. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so fucked. I'm going to go tomorrow for that. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Unfiltered podcast. Today, I am with the gang. What is up? What's up? What's up? Oh, my God. Nicole said something without coughing. I should be like, what's up? That's it. Listen, the times are real right now with this congestion and sickness, and we are pushing through. You sound great, Coco. Yes, amazing. Yeah, you do. I would not do well as like a movie star or a singer. (laughs) Yeah, we know that. <laughs> Damn, bro. Uh, I've heard you sing. I know. We're less than a minute in, and he's killing dreams. Like, what the hell? We, like, Brooke was, like, telling you that you had a voice of an angel a few weeks ago, and now here you are just being such a dick. I, I think you were being facetious, man. I, I was really just doing was. it to, to annoy Casey, but. I was actually impressed. Oh, well, thanks. We yeah, know that you used to be like an opera singer or whatever. Well, not an opera singer, but yes, I'm a man of many talents. Hype me up. Keep going. Yeah, we'll just make this a me episode. Did Let's you ever go. do like a like theater or like chorus or? Yeah, Absolutely. I did all of those. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I sang from, well, first of all, in third grade, I got the main Santa role, of course. <laughs> Uh, yes. But then all of middle school and high school had like leads or supporting leads for... Um, uh like different musicals uh and then i made it to state for singing my senior year um and then i went to school to be a music major first and then was like what am i gonna do with this so then i was like i'll become a doctor instead and that didn't go well so i became an exercise scientist so that's kind of it's kind of that's like a hobby on the side or something uh well i don't know um if you know my life's kind of busy lately so hobbies <laughs> oh hobbies not really your there. life has been busy for like a decade <laughs> <laughs> no i do miss i miss performing so much um which is part of the reason i love this podcast uh, <laughs> no but yeah i mean it's like what am i gonna join like some community choir and then get pissed when <laughs> i'm like these are trash so like has casey I'm caught you singing into your microphone yet like recording I don't think I've ever done that before, but yeah, I'm just sitting here like, like just scatting to myself, and she comes in, she's like, "What the fuck?" No, never. Um, I make sure she's she's gone when I start to do that. So did you like? Nobody acting? gets free performances. I hated acting. Okay. I don't like acting. Um, I, you know, I just did it for the 
musicals, but yeah, acting is we we were just texting about yeah. how fucking weird acting now is. Now be yeah. a werewolf. No. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to this mic and pretend it's a toucan. You know, like it, it would just be so weird. Like having um, to pretend you're in love with somebody. How do you do that? How I do, do that every day. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> love you, Casey. Love you, Casey. Love you, Casey. Another series uh, of how is this man taken? <laughs> Well, it's because of the singing talents, of course. <laughs> I got a, I got a good mouth. She literally anyway, told you uh, to shut up. No. She, she's what? I didn't, I didn't hear that. She oh, literally yeah. told you to shut up when you were singing to her. That's I that know, male could, selective she, hearing. She, she did not say that. <laughs> she just, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, you know how many pay, people would like pay to to have me sing for them to them, and she's like, whatever, get the shit out of here. And I'm like, it's insulting, it really is, but. That's kind of the the abusive household I live in, so oh, it's great. Man, I learned something new about, about you. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but I was a great little like fun facts about Row. I'm pissed that he never like sang at parties or something. Like we never yeah, got I mean, drunk and heard him like, sing. Yeah, I uh, no. I'm be like, and here's Wonderwall, okay, so guys. Can we go like, do karaoke or something when we're all together. I don't. I don't like to. Yeah, I don't like to do things. I'm like very professional in the sense that it has to be like it has to be. It has to be right, yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, this is not good enough. So it's like, if I had any sort of perfectionism, it's in that. I'm like, so this could be like some exposure therapy to get you to not want to be a perfectionist. Yeah, I don't, I don't do therapy, so that's you know, (laughs) you're a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) I will drink to that for Mm. sure. All right, that's amazing. So, what are you drinking, sir? Um, well, I'm gonna regret this because I have to lift after this, but. Um, this is a peach stand rambler. It's a blonde ale from Odell Brewing Company. It's been sitting in my fridge for I think like a week and a half, two weeks now, maybe longer. But it's like the lightest thing I found. Um, and it's pretty good. I don't even like peaches, but it's a good, good beer for sure. That that meme, that video where the guy's like, so good. Mm-mm. No. Please uh, send us a message if you know what I'm talking about, because my no. loser friends clearly do not. Uh, <laughs> but one, what non-alcoholic drinks are you guys drinking? Because I'm the only one carrying the podcast at this point, and I know it. <laughs> Listen, sometimes we just got to pivot, okay? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking some water with some electrolytes added in. Oh, Great. But she's recovering from sickness. No, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. Tequila kills yourself, bad people. things. That's I was going to make some said. hot tea with, like, maybe a little bit of whiskey in it, but I didn't. Ooh, that would have been awesome. Mm. So that oh, was my I can't wait for almost Christmas time. Idea. I love that shit. You gave me that hottie toddy mix, Coco. I still have that. Ooh, have you tried to do that? No. Mm. I haven't really, I mean, I really haven't been drinking much. I literally yeah. just have a million different forms of hydration in front of me. I have sparkling water, I have regular water, I have Hate coconut it. water. Hate it. Hate it. Psst. Hate it. You know what hydrates you? Tequila. No. Agave. No. I will say, though, some of the best, like, drunk nights I've ever had, and some of <laughs> Nicole and I have done this, was all I did is just tequila shots and water all yeah. night. Yeah. That's so it. True. Oh, so good. It's simple. It's I effective. felt good. Mm-hmm. And then the picklebacks. <laughs> yep. Ah, I don't like picklebacks. I don't, yeah. I don't like pickle things in general. There's a, there's a brewery here that has a drink called Pickle Down Economics. A plus for the name, um, but yeah, I don't like to drink at all. Does it taste pickly? Yeah, it's like a pickle beer. Oh no, I don't yeah. like that. Sure. Yeah, no thanks at all. Like, I don't even know if suck. I could. 
commit to like I could commit to maybe three ounces of that. And then it's like, how could you drink a whole can? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Well, I'm glad you guys are staying hydrated then. Yes. Well, I dehydrate myself. So we have a question of the week. You really are just going to be the star of the pod, Row. Oh, um, these are my favorite this episodes. This is for you. Woo! Time to shine. Ready? Okay. <laughs> so, I was born ready. Uh, when exercising, should you switch up the exercises week to week, or is it better to do the same workouts every single week? And at what point should you be mixing it up? Yeah, um, so that's a really good question. I think we were talking about this off the podcast um, that uh, I think Americans are like, I think we all agree that they're like underfed when it comes to being able to perform in the gym and whatnot, but I think they're over-volumized. <clears throat> and the, I really just bring this up because kind of speaks to this question. Um, so if you're consistently going into the gym and like switching things up, and thinking that like you need to push harder and you know if you did dumbbell bench press the first week and the next week it's bench press and the week after that it's um push-ups and the week after that it's you know shoulder presses is like your main movements it's very difficult for you to see like if you've made any sort of progress um, and it's also very difficult to see how you're managing fatigue because you know, even if it's three sets of 10, you can lift more on a barbell bench than you can obviously pushing up and doing a shoulder press. So there's a really high chance that you overshoot your maximal recoverable volume. Um, and then you just feel beat up for not just that training session, but maybe the one after that, depending on how bad you kind of overshot. So one of the reasons that, um, I talk about and I like strongly try to uh, get people to stick to is the same exercises week in, week out for like maybe four to six weeks. Um, because when you're doing that, what happens is strength comes from neural components being more efficient. So not only can my neurons fire to make my bench or make my uh, triceps push in a bench press. Um, but my neurons are also relaxing in my biceps so that, you know, I can actually extend uh, instead of having to like flex because there's always an ag an equal and opposite movement for uh, certain muscle groups. So that's the first thing, right? Um, second is like you get better overall with the movement. So if I'm benching, 185 for, uh, you know, trying to do three sets at 12 or eight to 12. And the first week it's like, I hit eight, eight, eight. Awesome. The week after that, my only goal then might be like eight, eight, nine, right? If that's all you can push out, but then we may get better at the movement. So the week after that, you somehow get 10, 10, 10. Like, did you get stronger? Like, of course you did, but that was because you're getting better at the movement. So if you're consistently switching things up, you're never going to get better at the movement or you're not going to get as good at it as fast. And so you may perceive that as not getting as strong because you're not getting that strong. Um, so keeping things continuous uh, day in and day out or, or week in and week out uh, similar, it allows for you to build that capacity it allows you to get stronger because you're practicing the movement. So your motor skill is increasing and then 
that's where the gains come after like weeks of that. Like, oh yeah, I've put 40 pounds on my bench or, you know, have been able to do 20 more total reps on my bench at a higher weight. Like now my body's like, oh, let me build some, some muscle. Um, and going back to like, at what point should you mix it up? Like you can mix it up after that six weeks, you know? Um, but you can also like, so for me, I train four times a week and it's like uh, an upper body or two upper bodies and two lower bodies. And so even though they're the same basic movements, like on the first day, my push movements are uh, a bench press, a dumbbell bench, and then a shoulder press. Uh, that next day, two days later, is going to be a dumbbell bench. Um, you know, uh, shit, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing nowadays. Uh <laughs> A double bench, um, some other pressing motion, right? And it's like I'm still pressing in a horizontal and vertical fashion, but I'm switching those exercises on those days. So that's how I don't get bored, but I can also still see like if I'm getting better at that thing. Um, and a lot of people will come and be like, well, yeah, like I'm just – I just want something different. And it's like we've only been training for like two months. You know, like I don't even know if you're good at those basic motor patterns um, and – if you look back, you've gone up weight and reps week after week after week or in the past two months. How is that not better for looking specifically for results, right? Than changing things. And yes, maybe it's more fun, but you look the same, you feel the same, and you haven't made any sort of gains. Like, you know, and, and that's something that I think people realize once they've like stuck with something for a long time. And they're like, oh, wow, I'm much better at it. And like, yes, is it? boring sometimes but like work is boring like <laughs> working out sometimes is just work um especially if you're trying to get towards like some specific goal so um i hope that answers that question um but there's a lot of nuance to it right because that's specific for like hypertrophy but if you want to get stronger at like those the big three squatting bench and deadlifting then yeah different variations happen but they're also calculated so it's not just like you're gonna come and be like yeah, we're just going to like hack squat and, you know, whatever uh, the week after, if you feel like front squatting, sure, do that. Like you have to be really smart about when and why you're going to change things specific to to the goal. So, yeah. Do you think like having that really intentional specific programming is for everyone or if it's just someone who is wanting to just be healthy, move their body, it's kind of okay to go into the gym and do what feels right and maybe it's not consistent like you were talking about yeah that's a that's a really good point too because um if someone's like hey i just i work out for fun i like to be what i think is fit and i love to go to group x classes and mm -hmm. da -da -da and try a bunch of stuff awesome that's really great like if that's your goal then for sure you know it would be really boring if you showed up to a class and it was the same thing every week like mm -hmm. without a doubt and then even though you're like suffering with people together, or like enjoying it with people, like you'd be looking over at Martha and being like, this is the exact same shit we've done for three weeks. Like what is, what is going on? You know, Martha, <laughs> Nancy. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a time and place for, for everything. But mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we'll talk about today with like the repeat about effect is that like you become less sore the more you do things that seem familiar. So like, even if you are like, hey, I want to be fit and active and like have fun, keeping the same kind of motor patterns and things kind of similar will allow you to not feel as beat up um, like you would if every time you came in and did something different. So.
Cool. Love it. <laughs> Hire Road for all your <laughs> fitness needs. <laughs> I love Rose programming. Like it is fun and it does yeah. switch up a bit, but you still have like those core things of like mm-hmm. we're trying to get these basic movements stronger. Yeah. And yeah, it- you get huge by doing the same shit over and over again. <laughs> Just yeah. how it works. Which I honestly and like- eating 42 eggs a day. Also, no. <laughs> yeah, raw eggs <laughs> and <laughs> liver. Yes, and shooting up testosterone. <laughs> The most important part, for sure. I always go look at the comment sections of, like, the bro scientists of the oh, internet. Man. Like, do people, like, fall for this? They do. Yes. The oh, comment absolutely. sections are, like, lit up and, like, people love oh, yeah. it. Like, Ugh. Yeah. It's like, I've been doing this for three weeks and I think I noticed it, but also my asshole is ripped from shitting so much. <laughs> You're like, why did you put that on the internet? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, I farted so loud at the gym the other day. <laughs> There was this Are these kid, games worth it? There was this kid who would eat protein oatmeal. Like he would literally stir protein into his oatmeal. Way too much protein. Ripping protein farts at the gym way too early in the morning. And it's like mm-hmm. awful. You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, yeah. no one needs like that much protein. Oh my God. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. That student I talked to, he was like, you know, I'm like uh he's like 150, 160 pounds. He's like, Anna, I've been told to have like two hundred grams of protein and it's so difficult. And I was like, Whoa, oh, what? Oh, whoa, guy, let's relax a bit. <laughs> he's like, I'm killing myself trying to eat this. And I was like That's that was you. Yeah, how bro. do you shit, man? Did, that yeah, was exactly. You. I was like, Oh man, like, don't worry about it. Old row was the exact same way. We just got fed bullshit. Let me save you, please. Cause he's literally eighteen. He's a freshman in college. And uh, he was like, well, I just read that. And I was like, I know. We all read things, man. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong. Like, <laughs> man, just okay take the kilos, wrong. multiply that by like 1.2 instead of your body weight yeah. times like 1.4. Maybe he misread you know? that. And oh, I mean, that's what I did. Yeah. Two like grams of protein kilograms. per pound of body weight. Yeah. Great. That was the worst time of my life. Like I had to eat whole bags of chicken a day. I was like, I'm broke as hell. Ooh. Yeah, mm. it's great. Anyways, and the farts. Oh my god, the farts. As yeah. much as anyway. I love talking about farts, <laughs> um, uh, today we are not talking about protein farts. We are talking about why muscles get sore or DOMS. So anyone who's ever worked out or been active or done something new, like tried a new activity, you've probably experienced this. That level of soreness that's just like ooh, um, and usually happens over a period of days. Sometimes. Um, Loss of strength and everything in between can occur. So specifically, specifically, hard words. <laughs> we're going to talk about, I'm not even drinking, goddamn. <laughs> we're going to talk about the science behind it, why it happens, and how we can reduce that muscle soreness. So I think Let's first, can you de- like define the term, our jargony term? What is DOMS? Yeah. So uh, DOM stands for delayed onset muscle uh, soreness. Um, And so that's why it's DOMS. Um, And as the name implies, uh, it's like the tenderness and soreness and tightness or pain uh, that occurs a couple hours uh, and days after that initial bout of exercise. Um, And like you said, anyone who's worked out before has felt it. You know, like your first day in the gym, you're like, oh, yeah, crush it. And then a day and a half later, like, my legs are fucking screaming. This hurts so much. Like, I can't even, like, take down or sit down to take a shit. Like, my legs are so sore. Uh, that's what DOMS is, you know? Um, and generally, this is, like, the pain and the soreness is exacerbated when we move. Um, 
so that's why people are like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to lay down because the second I move, everything is going to hurt. Uh, and there's a specific reason for that, which we'll get into. But yeah, it's just the soreness and why it comes on a couple days later or at a delayed time. So that's why, that's why it's called DOMS. I know this feeling all too well. I feel like it happens when, whenever Are I'm doing something Taylor new. Swift? Huh? Oh my god! All too god. well. Jake Gyllenhaal like, did nothing wrong. I feel like wrong. I know right, this yeah, all too well. And her it. ten minutes. I'm glad. I'm glad he kept the scarf. I'm glad he kept the scarf. That song just shit. came out. Come on, bro. I think I'm the only one who doesn't didn't listen to this. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I don't really get it. Nicole's yeah. face right now. Not only did I not listen to it, but I had a client be like, yeah, like a T-Swift release party really threw me off this last <laughs> week. And I was like, yes. I don't, I have no idea the cult that surrounds yeah. this chick. I, oh, One of my clients went to an all-night party for this. What? Like, God, they were, like, bro. all in the same matching pajamas, like, did the whole thing. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this. I, I'm kind of judging. I'm sorry. Oh, this no, yeah, this sure. album yeah. came out after my first heartbreak, and it stitched me back together. Oh, so that, oh <laughs> God. <laughs> and that's why. I was like, I don't need why. therapy. I got Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got my own artist for that shit, of course. I'm like, yes, break me again so I can feel. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't I don't really get it. And, you well, know, go watch the TikTok video. TikTok is blowing up get, over it. It's Get up great. on the times, yeah. and we'll talk about it later. I'm busy studying muscles damage and muscle physiology. Okay, Sorry, I like completely just interrupted Brooke in her like all too well story. Well, I was just wondering, like when the when does this happen and how long does it last? I know for me personally, I've noticed it when I try new exercises, or I've just like totally bailed out and like haven't done things for a while, and you get back into it, and you're like, oh Jesus. Yeah, definitely. So like the more you do things, right, the more you're like, oh wow, I um. I, uh, this is not as sore anymore. Like, I don't feel as sore. And when we stop, that's when it's like, oh, shit, I should never have stopped. Um, so it is delayed, right? Uh, and, it, and it happens 12 to 24 hours is like when it can start. And it can peak anywhere from 24 to 72 hours, like that soreness, um, depending on the person and depending on the exercise. Um, and we tend to see that DOMS gets more or is more aggressive uh or is hurts more i guess um when you do new movements like you said when you get back to doing stuff when you haven't done stuff in a while and then when you do like eccentric component stuff so mm-hmm. anytime you're doing like heavy negatives or just negatives for long periods of time um or when you go hiking right like climbing up a hill is like it yeah it's tiring it's definitely worse than going down one but the eccentric loading of going down that hill or mountain because you have to like slowly load as it's being lowered might cause more damage and more doms than um, going up it might, you know, specifically in the in the quads at least. So yeah, it occurs anywhere from 12 to 24, peaks at 24 to 72 hours, and then can last up to a week depending on how hard that training session was and how new that like movement is. God, a week would be awful. I know, but I'm also like, I don't remember the last time I wasn't sore. You know, I just, I'm like, this is just how I live now. Well, I think- And I do the same shit every day. (laughs) But this is a common, maybe it's a myth. You tell me if it's a myth. If you're not sore, are you still getting the same thing out of the movement? Like you're still working the muscles and doing things, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends on, again, the style of training and like things like- 
um, speed squats or power movements and jumps like shouldn't leave you sore because they're very like explosive and they're concentric in nature. Um, but you know, your normal weightlifting is going to have like a pretty decent, um, negative component to it. So you're going to get sore, but yeah, uh, soreness is not a good indicator of how effective that workout is, but it does occur. So. Gotcha. Um, and I know you mentioned eccentric movements affect doms, but what else affects the severity of like, I'm going to feel this shit for a long time and this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there's a couple things. Um, so, uh, like how it's activated. So if you've ever used like a tend unit or like a, a shock therapy type of thing to, um, to help with soreness or maybe make you sore for some reason that's specific to research, um, that's going to be pretty, pretty damaging. Um, but when you like do movement or exercise, like it's going to be less damaging. And I think that that's really important because it goes back to, or it doesn't really go back to, we haven't talked about it, um, but speaks to the body's ability to kind of like limit the damage that we can put on ourselves um, because like exercise is voluntary. But if I'm being like shocked by this electrode, then my muscle is going to just take that neural impulse and contract without any sort of like safety mechanism. Um, so that, you know, does affect it. And it's not something that most people deal with. Um, the people that deal with or the things that people deal with is like genetic variability, the muscle groups that are exercised, and then volume intensity and like the newness of that. So for some reason, uh, genetics will dictate whether you're someone who like can take a beating or not. Right. And that's why people with like really high pain thresholds can be like, yeah, this is just how I live. And then other people are like, oh my God, like I'm going to die. Right. Uh, that's genetic. And I don't think that like anyone really understands pain in a genetic sense or like why that happens. Um, the muscle groups exercise is really important because generally um, all things considered, like your legs and calves will get less sore than your triceps and shoulders because your legs and calves are like walking around, you know, they're like built to get us to do stuff. Whereas like your triceps, like how often are you just like pushing a ton of things around all the time? Like not much. So depending on the muscle group that's used, that's what's going to, that might affect how sore you get. Uh, and then like the main thing is the volume, the intensity and the novelty of the exercise. So like we talked about with that kid, if you have high levels of volume, you are going to be sore. Like there's just no other way to put it. You're beating your body up. So you're going to have soreness, um, intensity, right? Like you should be training with high intensities, uh, as far as like effort goes, but the more you do that, the more, uh, the higher the chance of you being sore. And then like we just talked about, if you do a lot of different exercises all the time, you are going to get sore more because your body isn't going to be able to deal with, um, learning how to deal with that pain or put down the proteins necessary to deal with that pain. So that's the thing that I think most people overlook um, and are getting beat up by, where it's like, I just work out all the time. I try really hard all the time and I'm changing things all the time. It's like, yeah, no wonder you feel like shit because like your body cannot adapt to you just continuously pounding things onto that's it. That's why I sleep all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah good you're like i'm never sore because <laughs> i sleep all the time do you have a general like rule of thumb for someone of like how many rest days a week should you be taking like what does that look like how could you know like i'm going way too hard in the paint 
Um, yeah, that's really hard to say. Um, it's like, what's rest? Because it depends on how... <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, I take my rest days, you know? Especially now at like 28, oh, you know? I'm like nine years ago, which is like not a long time, but is a long time ago. It was just like, we trained seven days a week, three hours in the gym. Fuck yeah. A flat and of chicken like, a day. I don't want to work out this last day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Frozen chicken all the time. Um, but so if, if, you know, if people are like training even just two days a week, but those two days are like super, super intense, right? Because that's all the time they have, then maybe they do need five days of rest. Right? If they're training four days a week, like I do, then three days of rest is like a good thing because I'm, I know how to manage my load and, and whatnot. Um, and I have enough energy to still go and do whatever I want to do and go for a bike ride if I want or do some added cardio, like which never happens, but the opportunity is there. So it kind of depends on how hard that person is training, um, how long they've been training for. And then like, like it, so if we work together, we do things fairly slowly and, and add things piece by piece so that we know maybe 15,000 pounds is your limit for like a daily training session because every time you get to 16, 17, 18, you just feel like shit for two, three days. So if you are able to track that and are doing it in a smart way and an efficient way, then you can see like whether your rest is enough. So difficult question. When working out, maybe not as severe as Dom's, because that's like a very, uh, I really don't want to do anything when it's that kind of a feeling. But when you have muscle soreness, should you be trying to move your body, do things, push through it? Or really, should you be continuing to rest the muscle until that soreness subsides? Yeah. So I think it's important to to know that like Dom's is, is even any sort of, it's any sort of soreness, right? Even if it's oh. just like a little tenderness. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that that's it right uh and you can change you can train through that especially depending on what it is so if i had an upper body day yesterday and three days ago like of course my chest and my back are like sore but today i'm going to do, do deadlifts so is that going to affect it not not much right so i can work through that um and then also if if you're uh like intensity is set at like 70 or 80 percent at not like super heavy or anything then you can kind of like move through that depending on how sore you are depending on how painful it is but yeah if you're like getting if you're like it hurts to walk and it hurts to warm up then don't work out but yeah. if you're like yeah this is manageable i just need a couple sets to warm up i'm good to go um and you know looking at the overall goal and if it's going to affect you in a positive way towards that goal then you should train you know through it for that week maybe Cool. Okay. That's good advice. So in undergrad, I used to hang out with a bunch of bodybuilders, fun fact. And they would always say that lactate buildup is what's causing the soreness and just foam roll it out and that'll help. Is that true? Is that like, <laughs> or is that just another bro science myth? Talk to me about that. For sure. Yeah. I think as always, like lactate gets like a super bad rap. I'm not, I mean, I know why it happened, right? Like there was a lot of correlational studies that looked at when lactate was high, you also got sore, you also blah, blah, blah. But as we know, like, it's not causation. It just happens to happen when you are also getting sore. Um, but I, there's like a couple things that we can focus on on like, what, because lactate isn't the only thing that people think about when it comes to like, why I'm sore. It's like lactate, muscle damage, uh, and then like, 
inflammation. Um, lactate in itself, before we get into the weeds and stuff, like it doesn't make sense from a mechanical or metabolic standpoint. Um, we know it's a buffer. We know that it allows you to continue to keep doing work. So if we have like this buildup of lactate, um, you know, why would that make me any more like sore when it doesn't do anything from a mechanical standpoint? It's just kind of like a product of metabolism and breaking energy apart to get us to lift. Um, there's also like, it's not like it like sits in our muscles and we have to like roll it out to like flush it out. Like doesn't make much sense. You know, like once we've gotten, gotten done exercising, like lactate dissipates from the working muscle within like an hour. So it's, you know, it's not something that just like sits there for days and you're like, that's why I'm sore. The fitness um, industry is a lie. Oh yeah. <laughs> everything about, everything about is bullshit. Even this, everything we say is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, it's when we look at the, the correlations between like when lactate is highest, either during an eccentric movement, which we just talked about how that is like heavily enforces DOMS or a concentric movement. So an explosive movement, it's highest in a concentric movement. So if it's, not really occurring in the eccentric movement, which is when we're most sore, well, then how, what kind of parallels are we even drawing at that point to be like, oh yeah, lactate is making me sore. Um, so that's, that's a big reason why it's not, it's not a thing. Um, muscle damage though, like is relevant and is also a different thing. So when we do damage, when we like see it, uh, we don't necessarily always see soreness because I can like damage a muscle fiber, but still not be sore. Um, we see this a lot with like ultra marathon runners. If you took a muscle biopsy, sliced the muscle biopsy to look under it in an electron microscope. I mean, it looks terrible because they're running for like hundreds of miles. You know what I mean? So their body is just quote unquote damaged at all times, but they're still able to do work. They're not sore. Right. So it's like, oh, Muscle damage can't necessarily be the main reason why we're sore. Um, and I like to, if you ever, if you're by your laptop or something, you can Google like a myofiber or a sarcomere, which is just like a muscle cell. And it's like these these lines that all run in, in series. And it's like very clean. I mean, I think they're beautiful because, right, I like muscles. Um, and when you get like Z disc streaming or like muscle fiber disruption um where that muscle damage occurs it looks like an old tv where like you had to fix the antennas and everything's like wobbly and like like that's what a muscle fiber looks like when it's damaged as opposed to it being in like a really straight line um but again even when we see that in the muscle that doesn't mean that it's like necessarily sore so you can get doms without muscle damage um and then you can get muscle damage without doms so there's got to be like something else. Um, and that's kind of where inflammation comes in. Um, and inflammation, I know, gets a, also a really bad rap because most people, when they think of inflammation, they think of disease states, obesity, um, uh, type 2, type 1 diabetes, like all these things that are, are bad, right? But when you exercise, we do have an inflammatory response because we are doing damage. So we are doing damage to muscle. And the way we heal is by increasing this inflammatory response. There's also a reason why if you've ever like just kept training through things and you were like, oh, I feel like shit, I'm going to keep training. Like you increase your susceptibility of getting sick because your immune system is in overdrive. And that's why we tell people to take rest days because like you do have to give your body a break 
because if you're essentially sick all the time, you know, when you zoom out and just kind of look at it simply like that, then your chances of getting even more sick um, increase. So take your rest, people, um, but understand that inflammation is a part of the process and it's a necessary thing, um, but it's not the specific reason why muscle uh, soreness happens. So, yeah, I feel yeah. like inflammation gets a bad rep, but acutely it's there for a reason. Like it's yeah, not... at, perfect, right? Yeah. If I'm laying in bed for you know six months and it, like my levels are elevated, then we that's a problem. Issues, yeah. yeah. But if I'm like, oh, yeah, when I work out, everything is super jacked up. Well, good. <laughs> you did enough to stimulate a response. You're going to get some sort of adaptation because of that. So what is that something else that you're referring to? I know, right? Like, oh, this is the buildup. <laughs> um, this is actually what, I, what I've learned this past uh, semester when I was studying for comps because I was like, I think I know. And then the more I read, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. This shit is confusing. Um, so within the muscle, we have these things called nociceptors. And they're really just pain sensors, right? It's how we sense things that are going on within the muscle cell, within our body. Uh, and when we get sore, what's happening is those pain sensors or those nociceptors are becoming hypersensitized. And so the question now is like, well, how does it get hypersensitized? Because body's a beautiful, complex machine. And it's not just like we worked out and we're sore now, right? Um, and that's where we have bradykinin, neural growth factor, and glial cell-derived neurotropic factors. So n words that mean nothing outside of like this, uh, but GDNF and, and NGF and bradykinin. Um, so what happens is we should, when we, for our listeners, because obviously if you don't have a picture, um, I like to start from like a, if we're looking at a drawing or a model from the bottom up. So the bottom is going to be your sarcomere or your muscle cell, right? This is where the contractions happen. Cool. Uh, outside of that muscle cell or at least around the perimeter, we have the muscle membrane. And we're all familiar, I think, with muscle membranes. Right? They allow the influx and, and uh, efflux of certain um, electrolytes and whatever is powering that cell. So we have the sarcomere, the membrane, and then right outside of that membrane, we have the extracellular matrix. Um, and this is like responsible for just like sensing. It's how our, it's how our cells like sense things because they have proteins that shoot out from inside the cell, outside the cell. And that's like your collagens. And that's the only reason I might be like, yeah, collagen, you should probably take it. Um, and we have a whole episode on that. So go check that out. Uh, but that's how we sense things. And then above that, we have our uh, endothelial cells. Um, so our blood vessels, right? Because a blood vessel has to feed the muscles. So just to go over it again, sarcomere, membrane, extracellular matrix, and then blood vessel on top. So when I work out, right, the sarcomere or the, or the muscle cell itself contracts, right? I'm doing work. This is a good thing. Um, and my body sends out a signal saying, hey, we have work that's being performed. Eventually, I will need some sort of healing. So the muscle is going to send out a chemokine, which is just a chemical receptor. This chemical receptor is going to leave that muscle. It's going to go through the membrane and into the extracellular matrix. So now it's outside of that cell. Those chemical receptors then are going to go to the bloodstream, right? Because it's like, our immune cells live inside the bloodstream because 
it makes sense. If I'm hurt, the fastest way to get there, I'm going to use the blood vessels. I'm going to shoot out over there. We're there, okay? And so the chemokines are really recruiting those inflammatory cells. Like, hey, macrophages, we're hurt, and we need you to come here specifically. Macrophages are like, I'm on it. So they leave the endothelial, or they leave the blood vessel, and they move into, right underneath it, that extracellular matrix. So what the macrophages can do then, or the immune cells can do, is they uh, go towards that that signal where pain is occurring or where that sarcomere was contracting, and they release uh, these chemicals called bradykinin and then prostaglandins. And so when those are released, what they can do is they can act on those sensors, on those pain sensors that I said we had in our um, extracellular matrix, and they can hypersensitize them. So they're like, hey, we're here. Um, part of the healing process is just making sure you know we're here. So you're sore now, right? And so that's how that soreness occurs. Um, but they can also, the bradykinin and the prostaglandins can move back into the cell to upregulate um, glial cell-derived neurotrophic factors or neural growth factors. And so now those are inside the cell, but because they have a purpose outside of the cell, they move outside back into the extracellular matrix and they hypersensitize those nociceptors. So in the grand scheme of things, right, what happens is contraction occurs, chemicals are released, the blood they are released to the bloodstream. Uh, that release recruits your immune system or immune cells to go back into the muscle cell in or, or back towards the muscle cell in order to release bradykinin so that we can upregulate those other um, those other factors to hypersensitize it. So moving back to like, you know, what actually causes it, it's not just damage and it's not just the inflammatory process. It's like all those things working together because you do have damage that occurs from the contraction and then the inflammatory cell that's upregulated from that, but it's not the the inflammatory cells themselves as much as it is those prostaglandins and bradykinins being released. Um, and that's why it takes a couple days because that inflammatory response is not immediate, right? Immediately what happens is muscle damage, fine. But it takes a while for our body to respond. It's the same reason why, you know, when you get sick, it takes a couple days for you to feel better because like your immune system has to go out everywhere to the affected places um, and then do what it needs to do. But that's specifically what muscle soreness is and then why it's delayed because it takes time. That is a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, for sure. You made yourself sound really <laughs> yeah. smart, though. I will give you that. <laughs> great job. Bro. Sweet. Great. People are like, I'm just going to skip ahead You're 30 seconds. Oh, God. We hope so. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Like, uh, I'm not awesome. ready. It's really cool stuff, though. <laughs> Just let us sit at home. So I think the big question now is how can we not be sore? <laughs> right, yeah. You're like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, this is all nerd shit. I don't care about it. How do I make sure that I'm not sore? Um, yeah, so unfortunately, like, being sore is a part of the process depending on your goals, right? We definitely talked about how you shouldn't always be sore and how being sore is not a good uh, litmus test of how how productive that workout session was. Um, but you're right. Like, how do we, how do we mitigate that? 
and so I think the big three things that people think about is like food, supplements, and then training. Uh, food, obviously, like we need supplements because they've been sold to us a lot. And then training, because like we talked about, the more I do something, the better I'm going to get at it, the less sore I'm going to become. So with food, <sighs> hate to say it, without a doubt, having a diet like rich in greens, you know, having like a colorful plate and whatever the <laughs> fuck you guys say when it comes <laughs> to like eating healthy it's important, right? Like no one's going to sit here and be like, you know, actually lettuce is bad for you uh, unless you're like on the carnivore diet um, or on the vertical diet. But it's like having food sources rich in like polyphenols and things that are like antioxidants and whatever um, is really healthy for you. And obviously we know that protein is good for building muscle. um, But just because like you eat well uh, does not necessarily mean that you're not going to have soreness. Because like protein doesn't affect the the soreness pathway. It just like allows for you to have an increase in muscle protein synthesis so you get more muscle. Um, the the things that are in foods like the greens, the antioxidants, the anti-inflammatories, like they're all the rage. They became all the rage like five, ten years ago, because of course we want to be less inflamed and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But the process is necessary in order to adapt so like even if those things worked very well like if you had them all the time then you would not be forcing your body to adapt to anything so you might see a decrease in your strength gains or your hypertrophy right so everything has a cost and if you're like eating things that are gonna negate that cost then you're not gonna get that um but when it comes to like foods that do work uh pomegranates and tart cherry for some reason, whatever's in them, uh, it it affects the inflammatory process. And so if we can uh, adjust for that, right, because we know that the inflammatory process is what's responsible for hypersensitizing those sensors, then that means that my sensors are going to be less hypersensitized and I'm going to be less sore. And so that's like why eating a bunch of different foods is a good thing because you're trying to like mitigate that right you can't just have rice krispies and steaks i know i'm heartbroken um those (laughs) anti-inflammatory foods too like that type of eating pattern like i would recommend for like everyone it's it's just like less processed you know standard american diet and like more variety of foods yeah have fruits and vegetables people like whoa that's groundbreaking shit there i don't know this this sounds a little hard (laughs) what about the supplements i take Yeah, yeah 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 so back to supplements right so um, specifically, I think what's wh- where the most research has come out is like um, omega threes or like um, those kind of like pills, uh, vitamins, and then creatine. So omega threes do help, um, and I forget like what it what the specific breakdown is. It's like thirty five hundred DHEA and nine hundred. Like I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but if you load that or you're consistently taking it, like as part of your vitamin regimen or maybe you have a diet rich in omega-3s and fatty acids and then yeah you're going to be less sore which is good because you know you're going to be able to keep working out of whatnot um and i don't think that there's any like reason why it would make your gains less prominent or something it doesn't really have that effect i don't think uh the next thing is vitamins uh so i always shit on vitamin c because people are like vitamin c is so good it keeps blah 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 It doesn't. If you actually go through and like read the stuff that like came out with vitamin C, like 
it doesn't really help. So when people are like, yeah, I take this emergency, like, right as I'm being sick, like, we've already missed the boat. Isn't that the ascorbic acid, though, of the vitamin C? And it's not whole food exactly. vitamin C? Exactly. You yeah. got to have whole food vitamin C. Like, supplementing mm-hmm. it is kind of BS, but whole food sure. vitamin C is beneficial. Where's the research? Right? Yeah, I'm still anti-vitamin C. So I'll Even go through like and look at that Even, like, real vitamin stuff. C? Even, I, I mean, like, obviously, like, eat it. It's like, like, I'm you, not you eating need it, You know, like, I love oranges. But, like, it's not going to be something that is going to, like affect your inflammatory health or like but you need that shit no for sure yeah (laughs) i'm not saying you don't need it but what i am saying is that like it's not the reason that you are being healthy or less sick like there's a lot of other things i just think that for some reason vitamin c got super hyped up uh and it also but yeah well most vitamin c that people are taking is not the right kind no yeah there we go um so uh but vitamin c has also been shown to kind of slow the healing process whether that's whole vitamin c or um the excuse me i hit the burp oh my god the supplemental vitamin c like i don't know about but i do know that vitamin c does slow that inflammatory process, which can affect your gains. Um, And then same with E, just vitamin E itself doesn't help in the soreness, right? We're looking at everything through the context of soreness, at least in this episode. Uh, But vitamin D is great. It's good for you. Um, And this is because it helps to increase the migration of those macrophages. So, hey, I'm going to help you go from the blood cell to where the damage is. That's really good. But supplementing it, much like everything else, doesn't help much. It's like the actual vitamin D that we get from the sunlight that's going to affect how you heal, which, I feel like that's why I have beef with vitamin D because it's just like, that is so hard. Like, because that's something I've been like trying to be super intentional about, especially since we have less sunlight. Mm -hmm. And you do have to go like sit out in the sun with minimal clothing and it's cold out. (laughs) So what are we supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, like, even going but like even going for a walk right especially during winter months for sure like mm-hmm. you go for a walk and your even your face getting sunlight it's like it's good right like of course you shouldn't be out there like bleaching your asshole with sun or whatever that they were doing. <laughs> remember like a year ago you had people bleaching well, your you asshole know what? with like, the I'm sun. I'm trying to remember what it was I'm but confused. like like a year ago there was this guy that who would like strip down and literally just point his asshole to the sky and he was like <laughs> oh it's the best way to get vitamin D and I was like People are stupid. Is this why you say that we should have everything up the <laughs> Yeah, that's why. Exactly. <laughs> that guy was my main influencer. <laughs> oh my uh, yeah, but like, so it's, of course, like vitamin D is something that we should all try and get more of. Um, and not to make fun of like white people, but also and especially white people because like the melanin is not like oh, – your lack of melanin is not like holding it in as much, you know? Well, I got um, some fun vitamin D facts to drop. Oh, okay. Uh, you're I, like, I see the I see the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll definitely get to that. But I do want to talk about real quick about how vitamin D like helps with the soreness itself because uh, those nociceptors, the things that are hypersensitized, um, they have vitamin D receptors on them. So if they are in their competitive, so if I have vitamin D that's going to take up that space, then there's less space for the bradykinin for the uh, the uh, GDNF and the NGF to go onto them to hypersensitize. So by being outside more, by having more sunlight, we are reducing or capping our our potential soreness, which I think is um, 
really interesting and stuff that I didn't know about. Um, but hit me with those vitamin D facts. I see the eyes burning. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to fly. No, like I, I think vitamin D supplementation is great. And if you're going to supplement, sure. I do think the vitamin D and K combo is best because it helps each other absorb. But so K-combo many people. K combo being potassium? Sorry. I don't Oh, no, wait. vitamin K. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they help each other. I, why, don't shake your head. I don't know what vitamin K is, you know? <laughs> but the well, one of the big things is so many people are deficient in vitamin D, but it's not necessarily that they're not getting enough vitamin D. It's that they don't have enough magnesium because it's That's part fair. of all those pathways mm-hmm. where we start converting it. So if I, I would, if someone's listening and they've been deficient in vitamin D for a really long time and they can't fix it and they don't know why and they've maybe even taken vitamin D supplementation, I would mm-hmm. recommend checking those magnesium levels. That's sure. usually like kind of that missing key to the puzzle. I think uh... – when Dr. Galpin like posted something about that, when I was like, oh, no shit. I didn't know that, you know, because you're right. You're like, well, I'm... it's it's the same thing with like, it's like if we had vitamins, but like we weren't eating fats. Yep. Right. You're like, well, I'm just like pumping vitamins inside of me. I don't know. It's not working. It's like, how are you transporting any of that? Like, oh, you can't because you have a decreased amount of fats. Same um, kind of thing with like the iron pathways. Like everyone wants mm-hmm. to supplement iron. And I'm like, iron's not the issue. Like you have a whole recycling <laughs> iron system right, in your body because yeah. your body is super <laughs> fucking rad. It's that you don't have the micronutrients to go through the iron recycling process. Yeah, man. And I learned that all that stuff from like a distant and influencer online for sure. Arteries <laughs> aren't necessary. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some shit you only learn when you're like, oh, these pathways suck. But okay. to be fair, like even as dietitians, Nicole and I were not taught that in school. Yeah. Like you have to really get into the nitty gritty and nerd out more mm-hmm. after you get your degrees and go through all your fancy credentials. You still yeah, got to do work. It's where like the, the continuing ed comes in. <laughs> yeah. You know, you that's really just them trying to squeeze more learning. money out of you guys. They should just teach you everything. <laughs> In those in those four to six years. Well, I feel like it's not even through like the traditional uh, organizations that require our continuing ed. Like, I'm telling you, it's like a black market oh, to learn this shit. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's <laughs> just how it is because someone has to learn one thing in depth and be like, oh, now I have to teach it to everyone who wants mm-hmm. to learn. Like, imagine if you guys knew everything that like everyone knows. Like, my brain would, I would be like, what the fuck i don't know anything no. man uh, i barely know my stuff and i've been like studying it very you know very intently uh so that was our thing on vitamins and then uh creatine so i think creatine everyone should take uh, i don't really there aren't really any sort of um what's the opposite of benefits um, contraindications contraindications there we go i got you <laughs> uh that you shouldn't <laughs> yeah thanks uh but it's not like specifically going to help with like muscle soreness or muscle damage or whatnot so we talked about food, we talked about supplements, and now we can talk about training. And this is by far the most important reason or, or best way that you can mitigate uh, that soreness. So we talked about like how if you keep switching things up, your body does not get better at it, right? Not only from a skill standpoint, but from like a healing standpoint. And that's because our body is really efficient and it likes patterns. And we have this thing called the repeated bout effect, which states that if you do something once, even if it's like a similar movement, then you are more prepared to do that same thing the next time. 
So if I'm squatting once, like back squatting once every six weeks because I keep changing my main movement to front squat, hack squats, leg press, blah, blah, blah. Then the next time I go to squat, I haven't gotten better at it. Like, and yes, I've been doing the same kind of movements and my legs will be um, more, you know, more adept than if they had done nothing. But if I am not squatting, then every time I squat, I'm going to get some sort of soreness. And I think that's really important because that's how we get people to be less sore. They do the same things over and over again. They build up a, you know, almost like an immunity to a certain exercise or certain mode of training. Um, And that's because back to that extracellular matrix, right? What I'm doing is I'm putting in my body at least is putting in more collagens and more proteins to be able to deal with whatever comes. And so even though you don't, you don't see that, right. You don't like lift once and you're like, yeah, I put on two pounds, right. Maybe you put on point oh 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 like one pound. Right. But those collagens and all the things that make up the extracellular matrix are important in making sure that like we are not getting as beat up as we did before. So when you're training, right, before you go into like some sort of like strength block, that's why we have you do like a volume block because you've really beat yourself up at this point. You're like, I've done 15, 20,000 pounds of volume. Oh man, I'm like tired. But when you move into the strength stuff, we back off of the volume, we ramp up the intensity. You're like, this is nothing. Like I want to do more. But it's like, oh, you don't have to because our, our focus now is like strength and making sure that you are powerful and strong and whatever else. But your body can handle that a lot more because we beat the shit out of it for, you know, six to eight weeks or 12 weeks beforehand. Um, And we've also laid down the proteins necessary for me to be able to deal with the pain that should be coming along with switching into a new program and trying new movements and blah, blah, blah. Um, But yeah, that's like that's the single best way to be less sore is to not change things often to slowly build into things and then to not stop. Because like you said, broke earlier, like when I stop and get back into it, you're like, oh, fuck, like, I'm sore again. It's like, but if you never stop or maybe not never stop, but like take calculated breaks, then your body's like, cool. Like this is my rest week. Awesome. The next week I get back to hitting it as opposed to being like, yeah, I took a day off and that turned into three months. And now I haven't been to the gym in a year. And now I'm scared to go back because I hate that feeling of, feeling like I'm beat up all the time. Um, so that's that's the most efficient way to be less sore is to move often and not stop, which is kind of a shitty sell when you think about it. Like, but what can I do now? Like, I'm sore now. Like, nothing. <laughs> you just got to wait. <laughs> got to wait at that point. Wait it out. No. I learned so much this episode, though. That was very helpful. Thanks, Ro. Thanks. Uh, thanks for letting me talk about my nerd shit. <laughs> I do love it. Yes. I do love muscle stuff. We love learning stuff. <laughs> yes. I tried Googling the sarcomeres thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, all I could find is like graphs of cartoons. I've, I Don't found you it. do muscle biopsies in real life? Like I want to see a real one. Yeah. So, I mean, if you like type in, uh, let's see. You were like looking sarco- for real muscle. Like I want to see oh, what no. it really looks like. Yeah. Muscle biopsies well, are Well, when he was like awesome. describing the, uh, like it looks like when you're like an old TV, that's exactly how it looks in the photo. So that was a good analogy. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Professor See, I if you Robo. In, 
Oh, so if you type in sarcomere damage into into Google, um, it's already making me. Crazy. I don't know if that like first picture is like you see like these like um, black bands, and those mm-hmm. are like the Z lines. And so if they're in line with each other, it's great. But the damage is when you see like the swirling and like the disruption and mm-hmm. things are not mm-hmm. as clean as they're supposed to be. Um, so yeah, oh. if you if you want to look at that as a as a yeah. listener, type in sarcomere damage and you'll see like what looks nice and clean and then what looks like it's been kind of beat with a hammer Ew. almost and just kind of like yeah, squished around. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's, that's like crazy. that meat you were trying to yeah. cook. <laughs> yeah, just, just like that meat. I know my stomach still feels kind of weird. I'm like, they shouldn't have had it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's all just ground up sarcomeres right there. And that's maybe crazy. some like colon. I don't know what's in ground beef, but um, yeah. And it's crazy to think that like, for the most part, like those of us who are like exercise or are active, like we have damaged sarcomeres all, all over us. Wow. But like the body is consistently like, you know, sending in things to clear it out and then put new, put new ones in. So and this is why um, eating enough awesome. is so important, people. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, don't come at me with your twelve hundred calorie diets yeah, if you're moving like, your body and not a toddler. Like, if you- literally breaking down. Ugh. And I don't know why. It's like, have you fed anything? You're like, no, I'm trying to get abs. And you're like, you're not going to have abs when you die. This so, girl you know, let's a, focus on this. She was like a guest in one of the kickboxing classes. And she came out like halfway through and she was like, I think I need to leave. And I'm like, okay. And she was like, yeah, all I had was celery for dinner last night. And I'm like, yeah, you need to leave. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> celery for dinner? Well, actually, she lost calories because celery is negative calories. Yeah, so you lose like, calories when why? you eat it. Why? Why are yeah. we doing this? And then she was like, I think I need to see a nutritionist. And I was like, hello. <laughs> you said, ah, my name is Nicole. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Check uh-huh. out this website. And then she uh, followed up with that saying that she was on Noom. And I was like, great. Another reason to hate mm. them. Um, it's not a diet, though. It's, it's just it's a mental. A but it is a diet. I don't know what it, and I don't it know sucks. What and clearly it's telling you to eat celery for dinner now. So yeah. don't do it. Don't sign up. I don't know. Was she hot? Was it worth it? No. All right. Okay, no, whatever. No, <laughs> oh, I'm so done with you. Uh, this is me, guys. This is I am me. Who I am. Choose me. Love me. Oh, you know Grey's Anatomy too, bro? Actually, I don't. Like the- I I saw no. I saw some sort of like I don't know if it was a TikTok because a sound, and I was like, what sound is this? And Grey's Anatomy. It was Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. You know, I, the only reason I know is because I said it once to Casey, and she was like, "Is that Grey's Anatomy?" And I was like. I don't know. I think so. You would know more than I would. So, so yeah. I'm a super fan. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Well, on that note, I'll wrap us up here. Let's do it. Um, if you were totally into Rose Nerd Talk, he also <laughs> can translate that into really amazing programming for you. And he is accepting clients. He does all things exercise and performance. Nicole is our amazing health at every size intuitive eating dietitian who has recently added some really amazing specialized lab testing into her practice. And she's really helping people on a deeper level. And it's so cool to watch. I am a test my poop. Okay. We're, we are going to do that. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah, going to then have, we should have a whole <laughs> podcast dissecting it all. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Rose, I Rose poop pod. in all the land. Rose, Rose poop pod. pod. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, wow. Um, I'm a dietitian who specializes in sports and human performance, and I love to nerd out over all things functional nutrition, and I also use lab testing, like poop tests, to get love. all into that gut microbiome. You know what I'm saying? Shit in a cup. <laughs> yes. 
please let us know if you enjoyed the pod or if you didn't just direct it at row (laughs) and uh rate us share us anytime you follow subscribe it really helps us grow as small business owners and we appreciate you all so so much so keep those good questions coming and we love to hear from you and on that note nicole you want to take us out sure thing cue that music I don't think I've ever done it. No, it wasn't the sadness. It was just the sure thing. Sure thing. Need more energy. Need more energy. (laughs) I thought I said sure thing. Peace out, y'all. Say goodbye, guys. Peace out.